0: Welcome to the Undefined Good Girls podcast. A place for all things shattering the label of the good girl. I'm Vanessa, and I'm the big sister. And I'm Kiara, and I'm the little sister. We're so glad
1: to have you join us. And we hope that you enjoy this episode. Now, let's get into it.
0: Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to another episode of the Undefined Good Girls podcast. We are so glad to have you for another one. And today is a special one because we have a guest with us. So our guest today is my friend Favi. We have been friends for, she's probably my oldest friend since I was probably like 13, I think. We have her on the episode today and she's going to talk with us about motherhood. So really excited to dive in on this topic and hear her experience and go from there. So welcome to the podcast, Bobby. Thank Thank you. you. (laughs) (laughs) Really, really glad to have you. Let's jump right into it. What was your ideas about motherhood becoming pregnant and Did you have like a desire to become a mother growing up? Was that something that you thought about?
2: So actually, when I was younger, I was like, I'll never have kids. Because you know how you watch TV and like they're screaming in the bed, like giving (laughs) birth. And I was like, oh my God, why would people want to do that? Like I'll (laughs) never, ever have kids. Fast forward to like my late 20s. I was like, man, I really want a kid. Like, what if I can't have kids, you know? And then uh, getting pregnant, I was like, man, do I really want to go through this? (laughs) I mean, I did want kids like later on in life, because you start to think about it's just going to be you. You know, when you get older, yeah. you want somebody to be able to have like as your own, a part of you, you know?
0: It was kind of like a, you started to think about like the legacy as far as children is concerned and right. what that would look like for you. Right.
2: Now, this was still unexpected, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm happy either way.
0: Talk a little bit about your pregnancy. How was that process? What do you feel or wish you knew about pregnancy before you were pregnant? Because I feel like we see what's in media every now and then you have the adults in your lives who maybe will share tidbits about it, but I don't think you really understand it until you experience it. So like walk us through what that was like and and how you felt in that time.
2: Yeah, so pregnancy was horrible. It was like the most horrible time of my life. I mean, I thought the worst you would have is all these cravings and stuff like that. Like, no, it was constant. Like for me, I had a lot of scares. So, you know, it was constantly in the hospital, at the doctor's office drawing blood every five seconds. Like and then I just got to the point where I was tired of going to the doctors. Like you have to follow up all these days. And it was just so much. And I'd be like, all I want to do is sleep. And then you get in the bed and you can't sleep because you've got insomnia and then you've got carpal tunnel that just started. And it's like all of these things that I didn't know pregnancy was linked to, I started having I my legs were hurting. I couldn't walk. I almost fell at work. Like you know, your ankles are swelling. It's just so much. It's so much. And then you just get to the point where you don't want to put clothes on. Like yeah. nothing fits right. You just want to be naked. You just want to be like, leave me alone. Don't even look at me. Like it's, it was freaking horrible. Like my experience was horrible. Now some people, you know, they say it's just a breeze. And I guess that's why they have so many kids. Cause I can, <laughs> I, I'm telling you like, this is it. I'm done. I could not. And then people always say like, Oh, the second time around's not that hard. Well, I'm not gonna figure that out. Anyway <laughs> You're never gonna know. <laughs> you know, it was just it was horrible for me. It really was. I would say I'm trying to think of a good moment. Um just yeah, what was your favorite moment? I think it was just like bonding with the baby. When when he started kicking, it just became more real. Certain songs you would play and you would feel movement. It was just certain things, but for the bulk of it, yeah, no. <laughs> it was it was really, really challenging, and it just felt like it went on forever. And then it is a
1: long time, nine big, months. That's a whole that's a year. a long time,
2: yeah. It's a long time to be uncomfortable. Yeah. To just be uncomfortable. Like, imagine, Kiara, you're so tiny. Imagine, like... <laughs> imagine like gaining 60 pounds like within (laughs)
1: yeah and all in like one area so like the balance is off
2: (laughs) I understand why like a lot of pregnant women are mad all the time because it's just like you're you're so uncomfortable
0: well I have to say seeing you pregnant this is gonna sound like I mean maybe it won't sound weird but I just felt like you were so not that you aren't beautiful all the time but you were so beautiful to me as like pregnant and you maybe didn't feel that way
1: yeah.
0: but I was just like like I remember looking at you at your baby shower and then when you took like your photo shoot
2: girl because like, you got to put in the extra effort because you look a mess period even bigger than it already is like you
0: <laughs> know I just thought you were you were glowing and I feel like for a I lot of people it. when they're when they're pregnant. I know a lot of women don't feel beautiful, but there's like a glow that comes over a lot of women. Not everyone, I know some that don't, but a lot of yeah. women just have this whole glow about them. And I just was like, oh, it's just such a beautiful thing. And so you were pregnant during COVID and during this whole time. So how was that even going into childbirth and, it's COVID times. And yeah, even your doctor's visits and everything, like, did you go through, did you do a lot of that by yourself? Or what was that like?
2: Me being pregnant for the first time, I really had no expectations. So when they tell you, or I don't even know if it was that I didn't have any expectations, or I was just used to the COVID regulations and protocols. So I knew I couldn't have certain people with me. But honestly, I was like, I don't want nobody to go in this doctor's appointment with me. Like, I was just like, why would I want you to come? And uh, I mean, (laughs) I I didn't get it. You know, I I could understand if like there was an ultrasound being done or, but half of the time you're just going in there and you're just talking, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Okay, I'll see you back. You know, so that part, I really didn't too much necessarily care about Um, the ultrasounds. I don't know. I think just because I'm a very independent person, I still was like, this is my time to bond with my child. And, you know, I appreciated that time alone, giving birth again. And this is probably just me being weird. (laughs) I'm already like, get this baby out of me. The last (laughs) thing I want is a bunch of chatter around, (laughs) you know? So I didn't want a bunch of people. I didn't, you know, I'm, I guess I'm very different, but I was just like, I'm just ready to get this process over with. But for many people, like, I can understand how COVID did affect them. Wanting those loved ones around, wanting to share those moments. For me, it was just the other way around. I enjoyed those moments by myself.
1: Do you think that time alone, like, helped strengthen that bond between you and your son? Like, that was, like, a a good place to start? I do.
2: I had a lot of dialogue with my son. I would tell him how I was feeling, if I was frustrated, if I was happy, if I was craving something, if whatever, if I was getting up and having to go to work and I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. But I would (laughs) tell him, you know, but then I would also, it was very important to me for him not to feel the emotions of frustration and sadness. So I'd explain to him, mommy's sad, but this is why, but it's okay. You know, and for some people that's crazy, but He's a very, very happy baby now. He's very, very happy, very peaceful. So I do think that, you know, just watching my emotions and sharing those moments, those intimate moments with him while he was in my womb, it helped.
1: Yeah.
2: So now he's like, I'm just attached to him. Like, that's my guy. Like, I (laughs) couldn't, yeah. And I feel like we have a bond that nobody else can have. Not with his family, grandparents, you know, aunt, uncle, nobody
0: yeah and i think that's really and we'll talk probably a little bit more about parenting style and everything but i think that's so profound for you to say not only that you wanted to watch the emotions of like frustration and sadness with with how you expressed it to him like not that you didn't want him to know that as human beings we get frustrated we get sad but kind of setting it up in a way where it's not overtaking but it's also not pretending it doesn't exist. I feel like that's like a very special balance. And I think that's really, really profound to hear just the way you reasoned about that.
1: It's a very important lesson that I feel is so wonderful that you were teaching even before he was born, how to process emotions and how to say exactly how you feel. Like that's that's so cool. I'm like, yeah. whoa, I, I think everyone should try that. Learning how to process your emotions and and understanding that you don't want to dump them all on your unborn child, and understanding that your unborn child is feeling everything that you're feeling. Yeah, I
2: think a lot of people forget that, and that's one of the things I wanted to be really conscious about when I was pregnant. I didn't care about all the other chaos that was going around me. I wanted to make sure that I knew what I was feeling, and basically just made sure that. I was creating a safe place for him because I do believe that our development starts in the womb. We feel everything, we take in everything. So, for me it was just, no, we're going to we're going to be positive, we're going to be peaceful, we're going to be loving. Yes, this is a hard time, but, you know, it's all worth it.
0: Can you touch a little bit on postpartum navigating that space? We have more dialogue about what it's like to go through pregnancy, of course, and then bam, now you're a mom and the different feelings and emotions that so many women go through. What was that like for you as much as you'd like
2: to share? So postpartum is real, first of all. Like it is real. I, I had no clue. I mean, you go in with pregnancy basically before you're pregnant, there's a lot of, you know, misconceptions about pregnancy. And you're always thinking like, Oh, she's just complaining. Oh, she's just whatever. Oh, blame it on postpartum, whatever, you know? No, it's absolutely real. And for one, the most important thing to know is it doesn't have to show up on day one. It can show up on day 180. And you basically, you could go through a period of time where it can go away and it can come back. For me, postpartum started in the hospital. And I actually had a nurse pull me to the side because I just started crying for no reason. And she was just like, you know, if you're going through postpartum, we can get you some help if you want to stay a little longer. And I'm thinking like, this lady is crazy. Like, no, I'm crying because I'm frustrated. I'm tired of you coming in here every five seconds. I just need some sleep. My baby's crying. I, and I'm just like, that's it. Like, I'm not like postpartum. No, I'm just right. frustrated. I want to go home. Like, I was already in labor for 48 hours. So then I get home. Like, I stayed in the hospital for six days. But I get home. And all of a sudden, like, I can't control my emotions. I'm just feeling super, super sad, super frustrated. I'm not eating anything. I am i don't even, I don't have the desire to do anything. And I remember being so sad. Like I called my doctor at like midnight and I was like, I just need some help. Like, I don't know what's going on with me. I need some help, you know? And of course she did give me a prescription to kind of ease everything, but I don't even think I really took it that soon. But I mean, just the thoughts like that were going through my head. And if I could be very, very candid, there was definitely thoughts of suicide. It was just like, I want to end this. I don't want to do this. And it was nothing against my child. It was nothing like he's precious. Like, but I can understand now how people snap and like during postpartum, because these thoughts come involuntarily and I couldn't control it. I remember calling my parents and just being like I need help. And of course, you know, if people don't understand what you're going through, they're going to give you the help that they think you need. But I couldn't even explain to them what I needed. I needed a break. I needed not to be caring for a child at that moment, if we're honest. Because nobody in their right mind, like if you if you had the mind that I had, you wouldn't have left me with that child alone. And again, I, I tried, I tried to just control it and I couldn't. You know, so it's, it's, it was very, very difficult. Very difficult. And I needed help. And that's all I could say is, I need help. I need help. Like, and there was like, oh yeah, I'll pray for you. Oh, I'll come sit with you. I needed, I don't know what I needed, but it was nonstop from the time I left the hospital till I got home and it was just like nonstop nonstop and it was just it's it was it's very hard to describe the emotional whirlwind that you're going through at that time and man if if like I could help anybody like even if a spouse you know is there with them And they're saying that they're going through postpartum, or they're not even saying that they're going through postpartum, but their behaviors are changing. Like, just step in and help. Like, step in and help. Give them a spa day or something. Like, let them breathe. Because I'm telling you, that's that's really what I needed. That right there is what I needed. I just needed a day for this not to be my reality.
1: That reminds me of the episode of um, Insecure. I don't know if you watch Insecure, Bobby. But Vanessa, there's you know there's an episode where um, Tiffany just runs away yeah. after she has her baby and they can't find her and um, it's this whole thing and I think that's maybe the first time I've ever seen postpartum depression depicted on television in a way that made so much sense um, and and humanized the mother and humanized the experience of it's not nobody is doing anything wrong this child is perfect everybody is doing what they need to do. It is uncontrollable. It's your body is, has gone through a a crazy, a crazy process. And so you just can't control it. And there's nothing you can do. But I think the one thing that was powerful in that story was that, you know, people around her didn't give up on her. Um, and I wonder for you, did it feel more overwhelming to have people in your space or was it like, I just, I need more people. Um, because you were saying before, you were like, I don't need anybody. I feel independent. But do you think it was, it, it was the reverse for after having the baby? It definitely was the reverse. I wouldn't even say that
2: I needed people around me. I, I couldn't tell you what I needed, to be honest. And so for the outside looking in, it's like, okay, girl, I'm trying to help you, but you're not telling me what you need, you know? So I understand that. And I guess I just wanted people to know what I needed. Right. And. If I can't tell you, because I don't know, then I know that you don't know, but I guess like, like you said in that episode, like I did feel like just running off because you're, first of all, you're dealing with so many hormones anyway, it's just chaotic already. And then when it actually went away, when things became normal, when I became better, three months down the line, it started to creep back up and I was able to catch it. And I was able to say, oh no, we're not going through this, you know? So I will say that it, it, it can come back. And I remember talking to my doctor and she's like, oh yeah, that's normal. And I'm like, how is that normal? Is not postpartum? Like after, (laughs) you know, right after you have the baby, but no, you can experience it in so many different ways. And I think things can trigger, but yeah, it, it, it definitely, that was definitely a life changing moment. So when I think about all these things that I went through and when people ask me, oh, when are you having another one? never the pregnancy sucked (laughs) postpartum was like I can't
1: you know so
2: those are those are the things you try to remember every time you get baby fever
1: yeah
0: I could imagine that because my god like hearing you share your story about postpartum it really makes me think how hard it is for us to just share the depths of what we're feeling especially when it's the scary things because I think If it's postpartum depression, if it's other kind of depression, it can get really scary. Like, I can attest to that. And sometimes you just don't know how deep can I go with people about this, especially if you don't know if they've ever felt or experienced these things. And you're honestly, you could be afraid of like, are they going to think of me in, you know, in a negative way because I say this is what I'm feeling. But I think you just sharing that highlights how important it is for us to create spaces for people in our lives to be able to come and say this is the reality like i need help and this is why like it gets to this point um versus just a general you know i need help or as we always say i'm fine there's just not enough safe spaces and i don't think there's been enough safe spaces created for mothers and whoever they have as their tribe if they have people in their tribe to come and do that because i'm sure you've learned we all will say oh i'll be there for you (laughs) I'll show up or do whatever, and
2: then you know, you yeah don't absolutely, have that. and then I think you know if you don't have any understanding about something, you can be very passive towards it, so it's like, girl, get over it you'll you'll be fine, you're just going through new mom stuff. That was a lot of the feedback I was kind of getting from some people, so it really like made me question like, well, what's going on in my mind? like why am I feeling like this, and people are just like, Oh, it's nothing, you know. Um, and then I remember, like, I reached out to your mom, and she was extremely helpful. It, The thing is to find people who were relatable and made me feel like, okay, this is normal. Like, what I'm feeling is not crazy. I don't need to go check myself in.
1: This is normal
2: stuff. So being able to speak to people who could give advice based off of similar, you know, circumstances, rather than hearing people who have never experienced it. and For me, getting advice from people who never experienced it or didn't really know what I was going through almost made me feel like, and I say this, but this is probably not the word I should use, but almost like I was being bashed, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: you know, bashed as a mother for feeling these ways. Oh, you should be happy. You know, you should be happy. You have a baby. He's beautiful. He's healthy. What are you crying for? What are you upset for? What are you what do you need a break for? I did this when I was younger and I had no help. And it was, it's like everybody's situation is different. You know, everybody can tolerate certain things to a certain level. Um, I think we just need to give grace to a lot of mothers because everyone's struggle is completely different. And the times that I felt like bash, quote unquote, it made me go inside myself and pick myself apart. Like maybe I'm not being a good mother. Maybe I should be this certain way. Why am I up at four o'clock in the morning crying? Why, you know, and it, then to talk to people who have been through it, it really like helped settle my mind, you know? So I will say that's the most helpful thing. Just speaking to people, like you have to open your mouth. You have to tell people what you're going to hold that in at all and then on top of that I was always up on baby forums all night (laughs) you know just reading what other people have been through posting what I'm going through getting feedback from mothers who you know it's you just have to however you can find people to relate to find it
1: yeah for sure and I still do
2: it to this day I, I will go back on the baby forum and I will go and say my son is doing this crazy thing. And they'll be like, Oh yeah, my, my child's doing it too. So then you feel like,
1: okay, you know?
2: Yeah. If nothing else, you have the internet for
1: a community
0: (laughs) that a lot of people in the past didn't have that, you know?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I can imagine, I can imagine trying to talk to people and those people not getting it or not sharing that experience can be so frustrating and I feel, you know, I feel like it's probably like speaking another language and that probably adds to the frustration of like, you're not getting it, it's not just sadness, it's not just, you know, ho hum, it's a real thing that's within me right now and like not being able to even get to people who even share that experience or people who feel comfortable to say, hey, I did too, because I, I have a feeling that more people experience this than, are are able to say give themselves permission to say because they don't want to be to feel like they're a bad mom but so i can understand how frustrating that must have been to to kind of be like yeah you guys don't get it it's not (laughs) i'm like okay whatever (laughs) you know there's so many times i walk away just like crying more
2: because (laughs) they don't get it you know so let's
0: talk about your parenting style and what is something or some things, if you have multiple things, that you do differently than the way you were parented?
2: So uh, it was actually, it's actually funny because when before Jair was born, um, me and his dad had talked and I was like, I'm never going to lay a hand on my child. I'm never going to, you know, I don't even care if it's popping their hand. I'm never going to do any of that. And I really don't want you doing it either. Like, you know, fast forward to his little attitude now, um, (laughs) you know, I don't, I still will never beat my child. Like that's just my preference. But I, I, you know, popping his hand and telling him no and being very assertive, that's the way I am. But I also believe in patience. So you got to understand like their little minds are developing Again, I do a lot of reading on children. So I'm like, I get these emails, like your baby's 15 months. So this is what they're learning and developing. And so I go by that and I'm like, oh, okay, this week he's learning what boundaries he can push, you know, what buttons he can push before, you know, I go off basically. (laughs) And so I keep that in mind and I'm like, all right, he's playing with the fireplace again. Like I already told him not to, but he'll, he'll turn back and he'll look at me because he knows it's wrong. (laughs) And so at that moment, I know, okay, he knows it's wrong. Let me just be like, all right, you know what you're doing. I see you like stop type thing instead of just going off because again, just being conscious of what I'm pouring into him. So if I'm constantly yelling and screaming, he may develop, you know, some type of reflex from that. Or if I'm constantly beating him or you know, not trying to be understanding and understanding that, look, he's still new to this world, right? Like now he's able to walk around and touch the things that he wanted to touch. And he doesn't know what's good and what's not. He doesn't know what can get him in trouble and what can't. He doesn't know hot from cold, you know? So those are the things that I have to, as a parent, have patience with. I'm not going to yell at him every time he goes for the socket. I might walk over there and redirect him. I don't want to be the reason why he develops certain characteristics you know it's so important for me to just create an environment of love like I I may pop his hand and tell him no and then I'm like turn around all right give mommy a hug and he his face changes he comes running and gives me a hug because I want him to know at the end of the day you did something wrong but I still love you I don't want to be that parent that just yells and yells and yells and yells and you know I don't want to do that So, I mean, that's just how I parent and how I hope to continue to parent, you know, even as he gets older and he knows the
1: world a little bit more, I still
2: want to be on the level of understanding.
1: Was that something that you, how did you decide that that's how you wanted to start parenting? Did you just like think you wanted something different from how you were raised or these, you know, books that you read or movies or shows that you saw?
2: I mean, I came out fine, you know, (laughs) so I can't say that it was how I was raised. I do know there's a lot of emotional baggage that I may carry from different things, but my thing has always been, I've always had a heart for children and I've always had a heart for children who were brought up to not be heard and not seen. Like a lot of people treat children as if they need to stay in a child's place, you know what I'm saying? And that's just a child. You go play, you go do whatever. And I think maybe now as I'm talking about it, like, this is a therapy session. (laughs) Now as I'm talking about it, I was treated like that. Like, oh, you're just a child. Oh, go play. Oh, go, you know, just brushed off. Mm -hmm. And I, I've always said, like, if I ever had a child, I would never do that. So there's just so many things that, like, I wanted to do for children that I can now do for my son, you know? So it's not so much as how I was grown up. I mean, I came from a loving family um, and I, they still support and love me. But there are different things that I do that they may look at me like, girl, you don't just, you know, <laughs> grab that shoe and... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, it's just, I choose to be that way because I want him to be seen and I want him to be heard. Yeah. I really do. And I want him to know that I understand what you're going through. So sometimes I'll be like, you know, use your words, even though he's, he can't really use his words right now, but I'm like, why are you crying? Use your words. Like I get on his level and I'm like, what's wrong? You know, sometimes if he can explain it, like he'll be like, eat, eat, like he's hungry, like, yeah. you know, and I always want to keep doing that. I just want to keep doing that, you know? So I started now so that when he's able to tell me his emotions and he's able to get older, like 16, you know, they don't ever want to tell, their parents anything. I hope that he still wants to tell
1: me stuff because he knows it's safe here. There's right. love here. Right. Yeah. It's like not only are you building that practice for him, but you're also building it for yourself as well. As as he gets older, it'll be something that you'll probably be less likely to stray from and change up because it's been how the the bond that you guys have had for this whole time. This is how you guys communicate this is how you discipline, this is how you steer him in the right direction. It is with patience. And so for him, that'll be great. But I think for you as well, like, it's a great practice for yourself just to keep, keep treating him that way. Right.
0: I have a question about motherhood and friendship, specifically friendship between people who have children and people who don't, because I feel like with you and I, especially as friends, we've had to like, figure out what do we do? Like, how do we go from here? I know before COVID and before pregnancy and everything, like the last good time we were, out- We were
2: getting it in.
0: We were doing our best I remember like, We were at some rooftop bar, just I can't even remember, and we were like crying like I love you so much. Like this is the greatest life and it was just like I mean, we were just having the time of our lives. And then I remember you were, you know, you let me know that you were pregnant and I was like, What does this mean? Like Like
2: give it to me, honest. What did you feel? Because I'll tell you what I would have felt. So
0: you honestly I felt sad. And it was like, because I mean, in this, we've had a very interesting friendship throughout our whole time in life. And so like, we've had times of ups and downs. And so I really was just kind of like, man, we're finally getting to that point where we're like going out together and trying to live free and, and, you know, and then it's like, now COVID happens, so I can't see you and now you're pregnant. And that's like, we can't go back to, you not having a child so i honestly felt a little sad of like i'm going to lose my friend because she's not going to want to be friends with me because she's going to have a child and i don't have that you know i'm not in that space too and i just i was trying to like grapple with this is a person who knows me probably in the same levels that like my family knows me and someone who i feel connected to in that way and so if i now lose them as a friend I'm losing like a part of my tribe. I, I I didn't really know what to do with that. And I didn't wanna, I mean, obviously now I'm telling you that, but then I was like, this isn't something that I wanna put on you because you're, at the end of the day, you're pregnant, you're about to be a mom and you're, you have to deal with your own journey and, and things about that. But then as you were going through pregnancy, I felt like I was sad because I was missing out with you because we're in COVID. <laughs> so right, right. I always imagined like, if you or I were to have kids, like I could be there. I would be there like day by day and step by step. And like, if you needed me to go through the doctor's appointments, like, and so I was kind of sad that I don't like, I think for most of your pregnancy, I didn't see you in person. Mm. I I think when I came to the photo shoot with you, like it really meant a lot to me to come. So when you were like, do you wanna come? I was like, yes, because I was like, I need some way to feel like I'm being a good friend to you through this Right, pregnancy. and can I
2: just say that the fact that you drove what two and a half hours—it
1: wasn't two and a half 92. hours, yeah—for
2: a couple of minutes, <laughs> it felt like a couple of minutes. I like, I truly appreciated that, and still to this day, I do like. Who does that? A <laughs> friend. No, friend, you no, know, who does that? <laughs> but like, I honestly appreciated it so yeah. much. Um. So yeah, I, man, I think the only thing that saved me was COVID because i knew that everybody else was missing out on the fun. Everybody else can party like we were partying prior to covid. So it wasn't just because i was pregnant, it was everybody was missing out. So i was okay, but i did lose a lot of friendships, which is crazy. I i look at my circle, like my circle's always small because i don't like people, right? So <laughs> but when i look and i'm like, where did everybody go? Wow. Yeah. I'm just like, man, just me being pregnant, that's what, that's what happened. Like everybody's gone. And so while I was pregnant, you know, I was going through so much that I didn't even look. The biggest thing on my mind was going to sleep. Yeah. Trying to get some sleep. It wasn't seeing friends or being around people. Like that was the last thing I wanted to do because I didn't even want to put clothes on (laughs) to come see you, you know? (laughs) So, you know, I think, while I was pregnant, I probably distanced myself from a lot of people too. And then I felt like I was a little bit insecure that I was pregnant. Like I just felt like I couldn't be that fun person. I I couldn't do certain things. So it was just like I felt useless, basic. And I and I think I think it's just because of the lifestyle I was living. So now you you you're constantly out, you're constantly doing things, having fun, and then it's like you have to slow down. You know. And I'm yeah. like, how do I do that? I don't even know how. Like, I'm just trying to figure all of this out. Then we fast forward now. Okay, so Vanessa, first of all, you know me, me and you. I don't like people with kids. <laughs> can, you say that? can I say that? <laughs>
0: yes, I, you I can shouldn't say that. say that.
2: I shouldn't say that.
1: Okay. So... No, let's
0: let's explain what you mean by that though. Like, <laughs> like I love your kids,
2: people, but yes. I. I like you're
1: not necessarily
0: a kid person yeah I'm not and
2: I I want to get up and go and you were my get up and go person like Vanessa like let's just go to the beach this weekend let's just go you know we're gonna go here it's six o'clock at night I'll be there in an hour let's go out yeah you know you didn't have any kids get up and go that's how I liked it you know and when you deal with kids it's like oh I gotta find a sitter oh Johnny's sick. Oh, you know it's so much. And now that I have a child, I'm still the same way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still the same way. Like I need to get up and go, person. <laughs> but I can't never get up and go. <laughs> you know, I'm the one who never has a sitter. I <sighs> I promise you, I don't. So the dynamics are different. Like I'm. St- I still think I'm this person, although I have a kid. For me, it's like, well, how does that person that I'm in a friendship with feel about this? Of course, people who don't have kids. So if I have a kid and my friend has a kid, yeah, we can go do kid things. But like when I invited you out, when we went to the park, you know, I invited you. But then I was like, if I was on the receiving end and someone called me and was like, do you want to go with me and my kid to the park and I don't have kids? How would I like, what would I answer? You know, but of course you're a good sport. And you went along with it, <laughs> whether you enjoyed it or not. I, don't I had really so much want. fun. No, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's it's really hard navigating friendships with yeah. a child. Not every, you're not going to always want to do kid things, you know. I need my friends that do have kids now just so my son can play with somebody. Or if I don't want to go to something by myself, <laughs> like a kid right. place by myself, you know, I have my kid friends. But, for me, now that he has turned a year, it's very important for me to have a social life again. So trying to find that, and like you know me, it's very spur of the moment. somebody will be like, "Oh, can I have your son for the weekend?" And then I'm like, "Okay, wait, I have to like I've lost a lot of people, so I don't have get up and go friends that much anymore. Everybody's found their own thing without me now, you know, so it's kind of like. Now I feel like, where do I fit into your life? You know what I'm saying? Now that you've learned how to navigate without me, it's, I don't know, it's so many ups and downs to this mother. (laughs) Like, it's so much, but to bring it around, it is hard. It's hard for both parties. It's hard for your friends who don't have kids to really feel like they can find some common ground, which for me I'm the type of person I don't want to talk about me being a mom all day. You know, yes I have a child. Yes, he's doing fine. Yes, he's like, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm I don't want to be one of those moms who that's all we have in common, you know? Um even while I was pregnant, I didn't want to talk about me being pregnant. Like I wanted to still live a normal life and interact normally, you know? And I still think sometimes I do miss my old life. I'm not going to lie. I miss my old life, my old friendships, all of that. But, you know, I have an addition now and I just have to work around that. And anybody who chooses to be in my life at this point has to understand that as well.
0: It's funny that you you say you don't want to just talk about mom things because I felt like as the friend who doesn't have kids, I don't have like children on the brain. So I felt like I had to overdo it. Like, Okay, let me have five mom questions so that when I talk to her, <laughs> she knows I care that she had a child, like, because I don't think about children. I don't wake up and, and think about my kids because I don't have kids. So it's very hard sometimes to remember, oh, this person has children. I, I always have a joke that I know everyone's first child. If you have multiple children after that, I don't know their names. I can't tell you. <laughs> I, I can't mean. tell you the names. You have your one child. You're like, so and so. Oh yeah, I know the one child they have. They had then had two and three more after that. I don't know them. <laughs> so it's, it's hard to like, I'm always like, I don't want you or anyone who has kids to feel like I don't care or that I don't have the understanding and knowledge that you are a mom or you are a dad or whatever. But I just, I'm not in that space too. So I feel like I have to overcompensate to make sure you know that I know (laughs) that you have kids. But then I've I've learned that through you. Like, we don't have to sit here and talk about my son for three hours straight. Like, (laughs) let's talk about who I am. Let's talk about who you are and and go from there. So I do think, you know, it's also having those communications with each other of like, I don't know (laughs) how to, how to be with you now, or I don't know what to do, like what do you want me to do, or what do you want as a friend? Um, I think that's really important too,
2: yeah, and I mean, because we have been so open and honest about people with kids, it's easier for like me to explain to you, like, look girl, I have my son, but if you don't want to sit up here in my house and listen to him whine sometimes sometimes he's good, sometimes yeah. he's wonderful, <laughs> but you know sometimes he will whine, so if you don't want to hear that. I understand. Like, I understand. You don't have to come by. I completely get it, you know. But one of the most important things that somebody's told me, and this was actually from his grandmother on his dad's side, not to lose myself. Don't make my son my everything. Because for, I would say up until like, I know he just turned one in January, but pretty much up until then, he was everything. Like, I mean, every single thing, like that was the only thing I was living for. And she was like, don't lose yourself in that. She was like, you know, don't lose yourself in anything, but especially in your child, because once he gets older and goes away, then what do you have? You know, you don't have anything. So for me, it's very important for me to now find myself, get back into my routine, find friends, find date again oh my gosh it's so hard. can we talk about dating yeah <laughs> as a I single mom <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. What? what like <laughs> I you know I never even told his dad I was like look I it's I'm trying to find a stepfather like I need, I need you to watch your son so I can go on a date <laughs> It's very hard because now you have to think about two people. So I can't be living this life that I used to live before pregnancy where, you know, you meet anybody. Yeah. It's having fun. Now I have to think like, you're not coming to my house, first of all. I have a son here. You know, I need to make sure you are who you say you are. And the fact that you understand I have a child. Mm -hmm. And then there's all these other things that you have to think about. It's like, you know, there's pedophiles. Mm -hmm. They're just plain out crazy people. There's people who don't really care about your kid, but they care about you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those are, those are probably the worst. Yeah. So there's so many things that you have to think about. So it's very, very hard when you're trying to really navigate the dating life, because I don't want to spend my time. I don't want to waste your time, basically, you know, because I know that you would never be something that I'd bring around my child. And it's just very hard. Other than that, because you know you need a sitter <laughs> <All> <laughs> right, to go on a date. <laughs> you need a sitter to go on a date. Like, gosh. <laughs> we need we need more sitters for dates. More definitely.
1: sitters in the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, let me go ahead and get my certification then, right? <laughs> these, uh, um, listen, sorry. there's a lot <laughs> of us out sitter. here. Like, because the same thing with. Friends, it's
2: like no guy wants to hear. Well, I have my son. I have my son. Well, I can't because I have my son. You know, I'm not rushing. It's just yeah. again, I want my social life back. Right. So
1: I want to hang out. I want to,
2: you know, get to know people or just do fun things.
1: Do you feel like the pressure of having more solid connections now? Like, do you feel that? I don't know. I feel like there there could be pressure for you know less fun and frivol, frivolous things, especially when it comes to dating and even friendships. Sometimes friendships can be very frivolous. And, you know, you only see this person when y'all are going out. Don't see him on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you know, Friday comes, that's your person. Um, is there less frivolousness in your life now that you have a kid? Definitely. And I, I,
2: I try to make time for frivolousness, but then I'm like, I am a mother. Like <laughs> at the end of the night, I have to be back by my son's side. So I can't be out here just doing whatever I want to do because I need to be safe. I always want to be in my son's life. I don't want to be doing something crazy. My life gets taken or dealing with somebody crazy. There's just a lot more you have to think about, you know? So for me, I'm not bringing anybody around my son just because you're good people. You know, there's so much that I have to protect. I have to protect him. I have to protect myself, my home. And just make sure that I'm just not out here acting crazy for no reason. Right. Like I have a responsibility at home. But I definitely get it why people say that, oh, they're having a midlife crisis when, you know, you're 50 years old and you just started clubbing. Because your child is now grown. So you're really trying to live your life again. (laughs) Exactly. I get it.
0: Well, I think the last question that we'll wrap up with that I would just love to hear your thoughts on, what would you say is either your biggest dream or one of your dreams for your son?
2: I don't know why that makes me emotional because, you know, I used to pray over him all the time and I still do. And I speak words of affirmation to him. And I always say that you're wise and you bring joy and you bring peace and and your love. You know, not only do you feel love, you, but you give love. You are love. And so for me, I guess, My biggest dream is for him to just be wrapped up in all of that and just to be just to be all of that, just to be wise, to be loving, to to just show up. And I I just want him to to really make it in life, in every aspect, like when he walks through the door. I just want this presence to be known. I don't really know how to explain it, but it's not so much materialistic things that I want for him. I could say I want him to be this rich, successful man. I want all of this stuff for him. But really, everything I want is internal. I want internal peace for him. I want him to know who he is and never have to doubt that. You know, I want him to have confidence. The things that his mother did not have. That's what I want him to have. And I never want him to question that.
0: Beautiful. (sighs) Thank you so much,
2: Bobby, for
0: just taking the time to share with us your journey. It's really been, it's been so beautiful to see you step into motherhood. Honestly, it's been an encouragement for me as someone who maybe in the future will be a mom because, you know, I'm like, Bobby's doing it. (laughs) Like she's, she- And
2: it's one of those things where you just, you just wake up and know how to do. Really, it's like, you just do it. Cause you have, and I'm so excited for you. Like I,
0: I'm Bobby, listen, pregnancy Bobby's been trying to get me have a baby. All, like what? since so she we, found out she can was have pregnant, them play together. Now we can have them play together. She was like, "I'm pregnant." So are you ready to get pregnant now? Like, look, you I'm already like catch up to me now.
2: Come on, like of all people, I mean, I would be ecstatic. Yeah. Aww.
0: Yeah, it will be it would be a fun journey for sure. I know. But yeah, you've you've shown me that, you know, it's possible for someone like me to jump into that because we a lot of times have had similar mindsets or just similar emotions or whatever. And so um i have I've learned a lot from you. And if and when I take that journey, I know I'll learn so much, you're probably gonna be like, hey Fabi, I don't know what to do. You tell me, you're like the expert <laughs> now. So yeah, thank you. For coming in and talking with us. Do you have any, me. any last words or any final thoughts, Kiara or Fabi?
1: No, I just also wanna say thank you for being so open and vulnerable and honest. Um, I know so many women who don't talk about these things and it's just it's important that we start talking about it. It's important that we start talking about it in the black community. Yeah. We start talking about how hard this is because then, people will start to advocate more for themselves when they're in medical spaces when they're having their baby it's hard for us um so this is this was a great conversation i hope people Get a lot from it. I hope one day I get to meet your baby. I've never met him. <laughs> and I oh. hope one day I get to because he sounds great. He sounds like a good guy. <laughs> I love him. I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I really
2: appreciate it. Like I said, this was like therapeutic for me because it's like, although it's uncovering like some old wounds that like I kind of kept away while I was pregnant and stuff. It it just, It feels good to be able to share my experience. And um, yeah, thank you ladies for just like having this platform. (laughs) Y'all better go, okay? (laughs) Thank you. Definitely. So my last piece of advice though is definitely birth control, okay? (laughs) Birth <laughs> control, you know, birth control, please. Except for you, if you're Vanessa. not ready.
0: Except for me, no. Uh uh, uh uh. She's like, throw yourself away. It's,
2: <laughs> <sad>. <laughs> it's oh, definitely birth control.
0: My <laughs> oh my <Jesus>. gosh. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> No, thank you guys so much for joining us on another episode. And we will see you guys on the next one. Bye. Thanks for coming to hang out with us. We truly, truly are thankful for every second of your time.
1: But before you go, we'd like to ask you for a teensy weeny favor.
0: Your support means the world to us. And if you love what we're doing enough, Come show us some love and follow us on Instagram at the Undefined Good Girls Podcast.
1: And while we're on your minds, why not go ahead and subscribe here too?
0: We love you guys and we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.